For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Hello and welcome back finally into another episode of Believe in the ATP Tour. My name is Jacob Sersosimo and today you're listening on the Believe Network. Now, I know it's not the most ideal time to take a vacation, and it's not the most ideal time to not be around the microphone around the time that Wimbledon is happening, but we're back on the mic, and I will pleasantly say that I was able to follow Wimbledon and watch a lot of the matches, or a good amount of the ones that I wanted to watch, especially towards the end of the tournament, even though I was on this two-week vacation. Now, that being said... We got to talk about Carlos Alcaraz. What Carlos Alcaraz did at Wimbledon is no short than amazing. For him to go in there, win on grass against Novak Djokovic as the top seed with all the pressure against the favorite and someone who has won this tournament, I believe, seven times. Carlos Alcaraz takes him five sets and beats Novak Djokovic to win his second Grand Slam title, his first ever Wimbledon title, and really put the entire tennis world and sports world on watch as people, I believe now, are going to take Carlos Alcaraz even more seriously than they did even with one Grand Slam title that was at the U.S. Open. He played at the U.S. Open. Novak wasn't there. He played at Roland Garros. This last year, or this last month, a couple months ago, and lost to Novak. He had cramps, and a lot of people, you know, disappointed in the outcome because they didn't get to watch a great match that they expected. Boy, did both of these players show up in the men's final at Wimbledon and give us fans something to watch, something to talk about, and really sheer entertainment for four hours and 42 minutes. A five set thriller. That ended in Carlos Alcaraz with absolute nerves of steel to serve this one out and become the champion at Wimbledon. Now, this finals match was interesting because right off the bat, Novak Djokovic goes up 6-1 in the first set. And it's starting to look, wow, a lot like Roland Garros. You know, Novak's going to run away with this. Novak can run away with this. Is Alcaraz not ready for this? He's a little nervous. He's not playing like himself. 6-1. First set's over. Alcaraz comes and beats him, beats Djokovic 8-6 in the tiebreaker of the second set. This is a set he had to have. You go down two sets to love against Djokovic, it's pretty much over, right? The way that Novak Djokovic plays in five-set matches, the way that he plays on grass, and in a final, you would expect this one to be over after the second set. Alcaraz comes out, wins the second set in a tiebreaker, and then goes on to win the third set 6-1. You're starting to look around like, I thought this was Djokovic's match. Now it's turned to Alcaraz. And then Djokovic comes back in the fourth, 6-3. 
And then in the final set, 6-4, Carlos Alcaraz wins. Now, four hours and 42 minutes. What I'm thinking during this match is this match is starting to get long. Last time Alcaraz played Djokovic deep in a tournament, which was Roland Garros. He had cramps, right? That's all I'm thinking. Like, oh, is his body going to be able to survive this long physical match with Djokovic? At one point, there was a game that I believe was like 27 minutes. It was like 32 points or something insane. Like, one of the greatest games that'll probably ever be because of the longevity of it and just the sheer entertainment value of it. Um, Carlos Alcaraz didn't back down from a challenge here. And to do that at 20 years old against one of the best players in the sport is admirable, incredible, and really hard to wrap my head around, if I'm being completely honest. Because of the way Djokovic does play on grass, you have to think back to Roland Garros and what happened at the French Open. He lost to him in, you know, three sets because he got hurt, started or four sets because he got hurt, started cramping, all that stuff, right? Like, you got to think of all the things going through Alcaraz's brain and head and for him to come through and win in five sets in nearly five hours for an instant classic of a match. That's big three type stuff. And Carlos Alcaraz did that at age 20 and now has two Grand Slam titles. Chris Fowler said it best in his nightcap recap that was on uh, Instagram. He said, is this the last time that Novak Djokovic is favored in a tournament? Alcaraz is going to be favored when it comes to the U.S. Open. And Alcaraz seems to be the new face of the sport as a 20-year-old. It's weird It's weird to think the, the there's a new era here. But Nike's campaign said there's a new era, so be, you know don't don't fall into other people's eras. Start your own era, Carl, Carlos Alcaraz, and that's exactly what he's doing. Welcome to the Carlos Alcaraz era. That's that's what's right now, and with him playing so well, it's it's gonna be like you know predicting tournaments with Djokovic and Nadal the last you know five years and Federer in there. Where it's like, I don't see anybody other than these guys winning a tournament. And that's how it's going to be with Alcaraz moving forward. Incredible, incredible Wimbledon that he had. And he seems to just be getting started. And to make this win even more special for Carlos Alcaraz, he becomes the first man not named Roger Federer, Rafael Nadal, Novak Djokovic, and Andy Murray to win Wimbledon uh, since 2002 on the men's side. So pretty elite company there for Carlos Alcaraz. And I think this really does begin the new era of Carlos Alcaraz. Now, after the match, Novak Djokovic talking about how good of a player Alcaraz is and says he's never played a player as complete as Alcaraz, which him growing up and playing against Federer, Djokovic, uh, sorry, not Djokovic, playing against Federer, Nadal, and Andy Murray, and to say he's never played a more complete player and he thinks he's, you know, one of the best players he's ever played is high praise from Novak Djokovic. And it just shows you the sheer skill of Carlos Alcaraz and what he can do on a tennis court. It's incredible. It's remarkable. He's must-see TV. He's the new era of tennis. And it's going to be Carlos Alcaraz from here on out with a sprinkle of Novak Djokovic. That's the kind of headlines and that's the kind of tennis it's going to be moving forward now I could sit here and talk about 
Carlos Alcaraz all day and what he's going to do for the sport of tennis, but I kind of feel like that's going to be my next like four podcasts anyway, is going to be Carlos Alcaraz and everything going on surrounding Alcaraz after his great Wimbledon win. I do want to talk about the tournament a little bit more. Novak Djokovic cruising to the final here. Um, you know, him just in, in incredible form, really, and fun to watch, entertaining as always. He dominates. Matteo Berrettini had a great tournament. Berrettini, he beat Sinego in the first round, Damon Noor in the second round, Alexander Sferov in the third round, and then he runs into Carlos Alcaraz. But going unseated and having to play those three players and that's your path to play Alcaraz, probably the hardest path of the tournament for a player of his caliber. And for him to make it that far, obviously Alcaraz wins this thing, plays really well, but incredible, incredible tournament by Matteo Berrettini. Another one I want to talk about, Chris Eubanks, the American, um, has not really burst onto the scene much. And I think a lot of people in the world found out who Chris Eubanks is this last two weeks. He makes it all the way to the quarterfinals in this tournament where he plays Daniil Medvedev. And he has a chance to beat Medvedev. I believe this match went to the fifth set, I believe. Let me look. Yeah, it went to the fifth set and Eubanks lost 6-1 in the fifth. But Eubanks at one point was up two sets to one. Chris Eubanks, a remarkable, remarkable tournament. And I think there's no one better, I don't think, to be you know, in the headlines of American tennis than Chris Eubanks. Let's look at his rankings the last two years. In May of 2021, he was 241st in the world. In March of 2023, he was 119 in the world. And now he's number 31 in the world after what he did on grass there at Wimbledon. I've talked about it on this podcast before, how well he plays on fast service, and he's open about that. But for him to do what he did at Wimbledon was incredible, and he talks about how this brings confidence to his game, and now he finally believes he can be one of the top players in the world. So awesome stuff to see from Chris Eubanks. It's stuff you want to see from Chris Eubanks, especially for American tennis, and it's great to see that he's up there playing so well. And I'm sure we'll talk about him a lot more in the next few episodes as well. On the women's side, it's Alina Svitolina making an incredible run all the way to the semifinals. Uh, she ends up losing, but the way that she played in this tournament after having a baby in October and then coming all the way back, Alina Svitolina, incredible, incredible tennis. But to win this tournament, it took a little bit more, and it took Makita, Markita Vandrausova. I'm still trying to, you know, understand that name a little bit more. She's fairly new, um, in new to the spotlight, I should say. Uh, ranked number ten in the world now from the Czech Republic. 24 years old. She even mentioned it be, uh, in the ceremony that was at the All England Club. If you would have told her before the tournament that she would win Wimbledon, she would have said you're crazy. Um, just a straight up great tournament from Vandrausova. Uh, Ange Jabeur in the final loses another final. I believe that's three finals that she's lost. Uh, last year's Wimbledon, I believe she lost a U.S. Open final. And now this year's Wimbledon. You feel for Ange Jabeur because she's such a, you know, a fun player to watch and a good character to root for on tour because she seems so nice and down to earth. And you, a lot of people just want her to win because of the boundaries that she's that she's created as far as breaking barriers, I should say. Uh, being from Africa and everything that she's done for the sport of tennis around the world. 
but she just can't get over that hump and win a Grand Slam. I think it's going to happen sooner than later. The way she's playing, she keeps making finals and beating some of the best players in the world on the women's side. She just can't win that last match. But I think it, I think it's on its way, and I won't count her out anytime soon. That's my recap of Wimbledon. Uh, not terribly in-depth. I'm trying to get this podcast out as fast as possible. Uh, I've been traveling the last few weeks, as a lot of you know, if you listen to this podcast or follow me on social media. And I'm just trying to get back. Uh, I, ju- I literally just landed, got home, recorded this podcast. So um, got it out as fast as possible. Appreciate you listening. We'll jump more into everything in the world of tennis in next week's pod when I got a little bit more time and a little bit more prep time to get get to it. So appreciate you listening. Have a good week, and uh, we'll talk to you soon. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, offering professional grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.